to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week we welcome back the ever-popular Shy Yeti, Paul Chandler, Chief Wrangler of the Shy Life podcast, for another of our meandering rambles around the highways and byways and forgotten shortcuts of this complicated matrix we think of as the universe of archive and not-quite-so-archive television. The idea behind this week's show is that I'm going to give Paul the keys to his very own metaphorical... Metaphorical... Museum of Television, in which he can give pride of place to some of his favourite programmes, all divided for displays of the mind inside various collections, galleries and storerooms, and for the first of his galleries he chose to discuss his favourite comedy dramas and pick out those that he would preserve for the public to meander around and gaze in awe upon. Whether or not we quite managed to keep to the topic in hand is, as usual, whenever we get to the job of nattering, debatable. But I hope you'll enjoy the next hour as we flitter about talking about all sorts of things, from the shocking revelation of Paul not watching television as we once knew it at all anymore, to the frustration of not being able to get some shows on a collectible format. However, this discussion does cover a wide range of shows from the brand new Only Murders in the Building via almost forgotten gems like Class Act to the long-gone delights of Desperate Housewives. Inevitably, because it's Paul, he touches upon some of his regular favourites, including the Australian soaps and Bergerac, as we stroll around the museum space, thinking about how to best set up the displays. Well, that's my excuse anyway. The museum is yet another new strand we're thinking of pursuing with other guests on Vision on Sound and, as ever, I've been using Paul as a guinea pig to see whether the idea works at all. So if you feel like setting up your own metaphorical museum of the mind, do get in touch through Twitter via at Vision on Sound 1. Paul will hopefully be back another week to consider what he might put into another section, but for today let's launch our Fab Radio International Time Engines and vanish into the comedy drama section of a television museum as imagined by a very shy yeti. Hello again, Paul. How the heck are you? Oh, hello, hello. I'm all right. Yes, how are you? Welcome back to Visual uh, Sound. We've uh, we've not spoken to you for. Oh, it must be at least a fortnight. No, yeah. it's probably a bit longer than uh, that. Have you, um, have you have you redecorated? It looks different around uh, here. Yes, I don't like it. I, yes. I was going to say, <laughs> he got there first. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it's 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 all it's all the fur, isn't it? Yes, the purple fur. Yeah. Yes, it's a pure spiridon. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yes, <laughs> yes, but it, you know, the fleas that oh, get in there. No, anyway, nasty. no. Um, so yes, I was going to talk to you there. Weirdly enough, I've noticed recently that you, mm. you have been claiming to have given up on television. You've started watching programs upon the tube that is you mm. more often, and that's fine. I don't, I, you know, that's that's perfectly reasonable. There's a lot, a lot more watchable stuff uh, sometimes in archives and on other people's channels. But what I wanted to do, I was going to ask you. And I thought maybe we'd we'd go to one section of this today, mm. and maybe expand upon it another time. Mm. But I have decided. You see, I'm 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 a I'm a nice person sometimes. <laughs> it's been known. I'm going to give you the keys to a television museum. 
Okay. You've got a television museum here. Mm -hmm. There we go. All your own. And you can fill it with whatever television you like. So if you if you just think that something from 1962 is the best thing ever, you've got your exhibits. You can put, have your different rooms and mm -hmm. everything like that. So I just thought that maybe, maybe you might have a few suggestions for things that you think are so good they deserve to be in a museum. But also, because uh, we've talked about this before... I thought that maybe we could take one area of television and set our first room out today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have suggested that we might want to talk about, is it comedy drama series? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think increasingly, I don't, I, well, I certainly don't go to like sitcoms anymore very no. often. I mean, I think once I got it on the screen, I'd be fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I... I don't know. I, I I I don't want to laugh for the whole thirty minutes. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I I I feel like you know the comedy drama. You can chuckle. Um, right. Yeah. Um, See, I, I, I've I've struggled with sitcoms the last couple of years. I've, uh, I've I think I've mentioned before that I I was really enjoying Veep until Trump got into power, and then suddenly Veep didn't seem very funny. Yeah, yeah. And what I find is that I've got I've never been a big collector you know, on DVD of of comedy mm. or indeed the sitcom mm. you know i've got things like you know the complete likely lads set and i've got the black adder and you know things yeah. like that the father ted box and and you know faulty towers so so i've got a few of the classics that i've sort of bought because they are the classics mm. but i don't to be honest i don't sit down and watch them no. what i tend to do if one of those episodes happens to come on television like father ted or something i'll watch it but I don't ever find myself thinking, you know, this evening what I really fancy is a nice long evening of and pick a sitcom. It just doesn't happen to me. Yeah, a friend of mine who I sometimes pop around to um, watch TV with, I don't know whether it's because he's he's a bit younger and hasn't hit whatever phase I've hit where I don't want to watch it. But he, hmm. he's always putting on for like Father Ted and, and Simpsons. And, 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 yeah. and that's why I watch, I watch it when I'm around his house. But mm. I would never think of putting it on myself, even though I've got those DVDs in my house. But um, well, there's a few new comedies we've discovered over the last few years on Netflix. Things like uh, Parks and Rec. You know, quite a lot of the American comedies. The, the American version of The Office, I, I we really took to, and yet the the British version of The Office, I've never been, never been back to. And things like uh, Bob's Burgers come up, and Bob's Burgers is just you know sublime. Mm. But it's it's one of those things we watch once and. Mm. Yeah, we enjoyed that, and we don't go back to it. You know, um, I, what's the Canadian one? Schitt's Creek. Oh Schitt's yeah, Creek. yeah. I, I, I had a sort of. That's probably one of the last shows I sort of. Mm. Well, I binged, but I got about halfway yeah. and need to then watch stopped. the other half. Something. Right. And my brain probably <laughs> went. Just a minute. You don't like comedies anymore. So stop. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> or you just leapt a track onto something else you yeah, wanted to watch for yeah. a couple of weeks, and yeah. I mean that does happen with television, doesn't it? You actually you find yourself really engrossed in the series i mean i i binge watch old box sets you know i mean at the moment i'm, I'm working on well we are working our way through mission impossible again mm. and for some reason we only really like mission impossible with the original team but not the original original team because because we watched year two and year three but now we've gone back to watch the year with dan briggs mm. just to sort of keep us you know, because we feel we need more cinnamon. We, <laughs> we need more. We need more Rollin. We need more cinnamon. We need more Willie, as it were. I, I, I think um, for some reason I had a funny thing where I bought all of Mission Impossible, mm. e even though I'm not quite sure why or whether mm. I 
would ever watch all, all of them, but I bought them all. And I mm. quite like the Nella Demoy era and, and ah. the, the the people who sort of that end of the show. But I think that's yeah. just because there's, it's more 70s and they're, yes, they're, 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 it's more funky. <laughs> but what we'll find is we'll get to the end of that and we'll probably never... Get, you know, never get round to the rest of them. You know, the other show I'm currently watching for my sins is Return of the Saint, which mm. is, which isn't good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know a lot of people enjoy their ITC, but but it's it's not it's not the best TV series. I, you know, I love the original Saint. I love the Roger Moore Saint. And you kind of think, oh, Return of the Saint, that's been on my shelf for a while. I'll I'll give that a whirl. And it's I'm I'm working my way through it, but it's been a, it's been a struggle. It's a little bit. You get these moments where. Um, Ian Ogilvy, you know, fabulous. He, sometimes he is just doing an impression of Roger Moore the way he's speaking, but sometimes he slips into a, an impression of Cary Grant. So you, <laughs> you get this slightly Cary Grant, slightly Roger Moore thing going on, and it's a perfectly acceptable series. But it's it's that period in the late seventies, about mm. seventy eight, af, sort of after punk, but before disco died, mm. and it's never quite got the right identity and it's still a bit smug and it's still a bit women do this and you think oh shut up mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but but now I'm, I'm i'm persevering with that but that's that's my current viewing but uh, i think you've you've got some more interesting viewing going on well the show that really does fall into that comedy drama room is only murders in the building Ah, that's a new one it's shiny new, one. new. yeah so it, that's it, uh, steve martin isn't it yeah it's got two seasons and they're about ten episodes each. No, right. Um, okay. And it, it's it's on Disney Plus. We just happen to have Disney Plus because we got it for for the Beatles documentary. They get ah, okay. documentary, and then we sort mm. of kept hold of it. Mm. Which is also why I'm I've just slightly off the point. I, I finally decided. Well, as as it's there, I'll go back and watch the seasons of Walking Dead. That after mm-hmm. to, to, at the point where I thought, oh, I can't stand this and, and stop watching. Oh, well, they're fun. But because it's because it's. <laughs> There, I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I suppose I better get, as it's near the end now, I should probably watch the last two or three seasons, but it's been, like like you say about Return of the Saint, it's been a bit, it's been a bit hard work, because it's, it's just factions fighting against each other, and you don't really care, it's like, just somebody win, I, I don't care who, yeah. you know. Right. So uh, does that mean Walking Dead doesn't make it into your museum? It's annoying. Uh, well, it or, me... or will the early seasons might? But yeah, then, but that yeah. kind of... But you're a completist, so you need it yeah, all. I, well, <laughs> this is the thing. It really annoys me when I've bought seasons of shows mm. and loved them, and then somewhere along the line they get awful. And right. I, think, I don't think I'll ever go back to those good seasons mm. because I want I want to go to the end. The end. Um, mm. I mean, all of those Australian soaps I have on DVD. I know that yes. I like it, like it from beginning. You know, there were probably air. There were probably sections of the show that I I like more than others. But ultimately, I, I would watch from the beginning to end. Mm. Um, but if a show sort of really, I mean, Walking Dead just gets boring. It's not that right. it's bad so much. Although there was an end of season I've watched just recently where mm. a load of characters have been massacred and, and right. they've been stuck on stakes and their heads have been stuck on stakes, but they, they've turned into zombies. And, and right. the, the animatronics of the heads, it, it, I just because they do a slow pan and I'm thinking, oh, this is really brave that they've... Mm. This is the sort of special effects work that probably needs to be seen quickly, not mm. slow pans, because none mm. of these people look like the, the, like they're real people anymore. Mm. They look like they the animatronics stuck mm. on stakes. Mm. Um, 
but uh, if you can get them as a display in the left-hand corner of of your zombie room, are you a fan of zombie films generally? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like the Romero ones and hmm. um, like uh, Dawn of the Dead's one of my favourite. Right. Uh, Favorite. So that's an animatronic exhibit is going on on the left hand <laughs> side with the with the first say three seasons of The Walking Dead on the end wall. Yeah, that's I could probably the, even go a little bit further. It's more around seven season seven. Oh, right. goes bad. That's a bit. Oh, we'll need a bigger gallery for The Walking Dead, everybody. <laughs> but, but make sure you lock the doors. You, what you could do is, which is how I've got my DVD collection. You'll you'll be furious mm. about this, but um, my shelves are double backed. Things I don't care are behind things I do care. Things I care less about are behind things I do. Care. So, so we could always put the seasons I don't, I do like of Walking Dead, and the later seasons could just be double backed behind. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can live with that. I, I can. I, I did that with books for years, and then I was constantly looking for particular books that were always on the back row, not the front row. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I know you have librarian roots, but uh, yeah, but I also I think you, and... you'd be horrified by the way I have my DVDs yeah, no, stored no, quite at home. Quickly. At home, I'm like. <laughs> anti-librarian i'm like what can i do that's the most likely we would never do at, in a library so, so no, you, I, you snap open all the boxes throw the discs around the room and smash, skate and skate on them, them and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah this is what i've done uh, um, but right I, note to self don't lend paul any yeah. DVDs, right? <laughs> i mean the annoying thing about only murders in the building going back to that yes. is that I can't actually have it on my shelf should I want to ah. because a lot of these streaming shows they, mm. they, they resist putting them out I mean mm. I, I would for instance I would quite like I, I probably would buy let's say Stranger Things I quite enjoyed yeah. Stranger Things I haven't seen the most recent series because we're having a Netflix break at the moment mm. uh, because we're just we're kind of waiting for some of the shows we like to come back but yes. we don't see much point in keeping it going whilst in the well, gap between, there so we're just see, turning yeah. it off at the moment. But, uh, but you know, I buy Stranger Things, but you can't buy Stranger Things um, because most Netflix shows they don't put out. Mm. There's one or two. It's just a shame that you can't, you know, we can't add them to our collections at the moment. I yeah. would like to have only Murders in the Building or, and buy a DVD well, of that. I mean, a lot of people basically. I mean, the argument. I mean, I, I keep seeing it on on things like Twitter. You know, that DVD as a medium is basically dead, and and people are talking about vinyl now and saying well if vinyl can make a comeback so will dvd and i think has it ever gone away i mean no. i i'm you know i still I, there are still retail sites that sell them that i'm quite happy to support so it, it's it's a weird one really because on the one hand i think for maybe the generation below us it is a dead medium they just don't see the point in having the stuff available mm -hmm. of course that becomes one of those arguments that's why we need this museum paul this is why we have mm -hmm. you know I, I know i know the the responsibility of curating is is going to be quite sort of heavy on your shoulders but uh, of all the people i know your your library background i thought you were yeah. perfect perfect casting yeah, I won't, for music I won't, this is different this is a <laughs> this is official business i won't go smashing any of these so. <laughs> oh okay, okay it's not well, my house <laughs> just occasionally uh, flip round with a feather dust yeah no everything will be good um, but but the thing is that I think that there is still a demand for stuff on physical media so so these shows that but is it because the the streaming service they want you to stay, so if you want to watch it again, you'll have to stay with them. Or do you think yeah. there is inevitably going to be releases? I know that some shows that I've watched on Netflix did eventually turn up on BBC Two. You know? yeah. So they do they do sell them to other services, think, perhaps. Perhaps they, release event, they relax eventually. Um, I mean, I know American Horror Story, I, I had some, I mean, that's a series that, 
mm. I love and hate at different times, different seasons. Mm. But I, I know when that was new, I was able to buy that. I don't know whether you can buy every season. Sometimes mm. they start and then, then perhaps they pass them over to somebody else who goes, no, 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 we don't want to release this anymore. Um, but uh, Oh, I know. I've, I've lost track of the ones where I've bought season one, I've bought season two, and then suddenly about five years later it's the complete and i think but i've already got the first can you do the complete but not with those seasons i bought please you well know, i think it was doesn't ne- work i think it was netflix i saw the show pretty little liars which is supposed, it's right. supposed to be for teen, teens and 20s but mm. it, to me it's just um the nearest thing america has done to like all those italian giallo movies with right. strange killers and 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 you know, but as a continuing series, I I really like Pretty Little Liars, and and I waited, and I still, it was available on DVD at the same time as it was available on Netflix. But I mm. waited until it finished, and then I jumped on the box set, and okay. I didn't jump on it, I didn't smash it. No. I went no, no. and I bought the copy, <laughs> um, and I'm glad I did because it came. I think it, we may have to look at your resume again. <laughs> it, came, it came off Netflix, but then I think you're right. I think. That might have turned up on the BBC on iPlayer mm. for a bit, and then gone somewhere else. And but really, if you're chase, having to chase around, mm. I mean, I haven't actually gone back and watched the whole show again, but I can mm. see that I might. I mean, some yeah. shows that I bought, like Lost and um, Desperate Housewives, mm. like I think last year or during lockdown, mm. I did go back and watch them from the start. Mm. And in Desperate Housewives' case, I, I, there were later seasons I hadn't seen, so it was probably mm. my first. So I do. I, I will go back to. But I feel I need about five years before rewatching things. Often. It is sometimes the way, isn't it? You know, I mean, I think again talking about Mission Impossible earlier. You know, I think we we watched it all the way through, but it was about five years ago because there was always that thing, wasn't there? You know, with the Disney Channel and what have you, yours to own forever on video, and you think because I suppose people who've got young children, they sometimes watch films over and over and over and over and over again. But but actually, I think. I don't know whether you get more discerning. Don't you? you just don't want to do that. You want to, you know, you want to. Yes, I've, I enjoyed that, but I don't need to watch that again for a while and then I'll I'll go through it again another um, time, apart from certain favourites. Um, yes, Disney, you, said, you mentioned Disney Channel. Yes. What was it that drew you particularly to Disney Channel? Apart, Was it just it that one show? Be- it was the Beatles sort of thing originally. Right. Because, um, but- I mean, apart from, you know, don't get me wrong, but, I suppose my association with Disney is it would be the Disney films, which yeah. I wouldn't be a huge yeah. fan of, but I'm assuming they show lots and lots of other stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, The Walking Dead's on there. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've watched. I've watched a few things that, that I've kind of watched and then forgot that, that mm. it kind of recommended me to watch, but I haven't watched right. anything that's Disney, but also it also has all this, a lot of the sort of Avengers-y type, comic book things okay. i think and, and it also has like star warsy things i think but well, you, so um, you do really have to keep track of who's bought what and who's releasing what and nowadays. I, I don't watch any, but i don't watch any of the things that i think most people buy um, <laughs> for. so uh i mean i keep sort of saying oh, i wouldn't mind watching the aristocrats or aristocats sorry hmm. or i wouldn't mind you know the uh, one, one thomas of, o'malley yeah yes but i haven't got around to doing that yet maybe at christmas no. or something um but, a Christmas uh, treat. Yeah, but um, I think only murders in in the building. I I, I don't yes, remember it, how. I, I, I keep taking you off subject. So so no. let so let let's let's open up this new wing. This is the the comedy drama wing 
of of the museum, of Paul's museum of vision on soundery or whatever you want to put, <laughs> of television history. Uh, so oh, look at that, look at that marble, isn't that gorgeous? Isn't that lovely? Thank All you. those screens along the wall, and uh, and and the first place is going to be only murders in the building. Yeah, I mean it's about three strangers who live in this apartment block. Right uh, in in New York, I think that mm-hmm. I think that's right. It's almost like I'm sure it's New York. I can watch these things and 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 barely take it. I, it looks like New York. I'm sure it's in New an York. American city that yeah. looks much like, looks like a lot of other American cities. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's um, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. So it's right. two sort of guys, ah, two their, amigos. Yeah, sort of two guys in their seventies and and a, a female right. character who's probably in her early 30s or something or maybe late 20s there's um, a conversation you need to have about inappropriate age yeah but, that's, but that maybe we shouldn't go there <laughs> well they're not in love they're not in love with any, with each other no, so no. it's fine no but, um, but it's the, it's the mixture they put on you're allowed to you're allowed to put sort of 70 year old blokes on on screen but for some reason they yeah. always have to be teamed up with there are some of the, 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 the glamorous they, women the, you know. the character well the steve martin character does have an age appropriate girlfriend no, oh, i think okay. she is anyway um but uh, she's only 30 years younger than it's you. hard to tell Ma- <laughs> i mean i mean i wonder if steve martin is being recreated by cgi because oh right. he, well okay. no he hasn't but he how, how a man of 77 doesn't have the right to be as as agile and and, and he doesn't ah. look 77 and and you know he runs around and and i don't think it's people doing his running for him because he's in He's in full view of the, you know, the, he's in shot. Um, he's always been quite limber, hasn't he? I mean, we've often looked at detective shows and thought, he's a, he's a 60-year-old man, don't make him run. Don't make him <laughs> but, run. But he, Steve Martin doesn't seem to have any problem running at, at the no. age of 77. So yeah. um, Maybe we're just very unhealthy. But... <laughs> I, I, I know, I just never thought of him as being particularly unhealthy or, or particularly healthy. I just thought he was mm. a, a, a comedian in films. But he, he's um, done something, he's very well preserved he's preserved himself very well um, limber. but he he plays an actor who is in a show that right. sounds like it's a bit of a spoof of uh, of something like Columbo or something um oh, okay. but, and then martin short was a director mostly of maybe musicals or certainly theater mm-hmm. and um Selena gomez is an artist but there's all these characters in the building and then some murders start to happen, and then they start to do a pod. They decide to do a podcast about it because they all they they the discovered fools. they discovered they all like true crime podcasts, right? Um, so they decide, oh, we've got we've got the fodder for, you know, we we could try and solve this mystery ourselves, right? But but you do get a few, um, sort of celebrity cameos, like in season one, Sting lives in the building, ah, and they an Englishman to, in New York, and they, yeah, and they think. They think that Sting might have done it, and Sting does a good impression of Sting, um, uh, being <laughs> suspicious, and uh, it, uh, and that's where more the sort of comedy side of it comes in. But there's plenty right. of peril and 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 cliffhangers and murders, and um, it, it reminds me a bit of one of my favourite Woody Allen films, Manhattan mm. Murder Mysteries. Um, oh, it, it, yes. it, in the sort of you know that had that was funny, but it was also serious, and mm. um, and and you know I've always liked. Uh, I've, I was like the older detective, um, mm. you know. I was I was a, a mad teenage Miss Marple fan, and mm. uh, um, 
Hercule Poirot was a bit young for mm. me. I, he wasn't he wasn't quite elderly enough for me, mm. um, except for in the last one. But then he, he's very naughty uh, in the last. Anyway, we, we just peeked over the wall into the into the detective room there. Right? Yes. <laughs> but where would you? Because um, the actual comedy drama itself, mm. a lot of the detectives would sort of slip into both, wouldn't they? I mean, it, it, it's not comedy drama, but there is the light detective drama, isn't there? There is things like uh, uh, Murder She Wrote might sort of creep into into the comedy drama, or is that drama with comedy? I don't. Or um. Oh. Or, or heart to heart, that can be a bit light-hearted, can't it? I mean, mm. I know obviously grisly death every week. You know, that's not great, but you know they aren't—they aren't the CSI end of the market. No, you know, the, the, grizz, I, the grisly end. I'd you know, say they are. Heart to heart is probably that that bit, bit what, a little bit. The DNA is a little bit closer to only murders mm. than um, right. I, I, I'm sure there is things in, but in murder she wrote, perhaps it's more the bit that happens towards the end, or maybe a little tiny mm. bit in the. Uh, that that something funny happens or something yes. amusing. The heart heart to heart was was more tongue in cheek the whole way through. Yes, um, which I'd say is more like only murders in the building. Um, mm. But yeah, because when I was thinking about talking, I was going to say oh, like murder sort of comedy dramas that were detective or. But I I, I, mm. I don't I don't think that I think that's probably I mean heart to heart is a good example. But but I mm. think generally comedy dramas. Comedy dramas do often seem to stir into sort of some sort of mystery. But... Well, I, I'm intrigued by by this because, for example, as a sitcom, and it's it's always classed as a sitcom, but MASH had some very strong mm. drama in it. But MASH would be on the the side of comedy with some drama rather than mm. a drama with some comedy, wouldn't it? Mm. The one that I was thinking of is that Lou Grant... Mm-hmm. which is uh, now about 45 years old but Lou Grant was a spin-off of a sitcom um, but Lou Grant was a serious drama series yeah. so that's comedy becoming drama that's comedy <laughs> character becoming a, a, a drama character but that's not the, really what we're talking about is it well I mean the blur, the, or is it <laughs> well exactly the, the blood's around the edges and mm. some show, some shows um, we're going to have to knock a wall down here Paul you do realise this now. I've got to get the builders back in well I mean I remember I can't remember which way round it is now, but when we talked about Sex in the City ages ago, I mean, mm. that that's almost a comedy drama. Um, mm. But I also remember, I can't, as I say, I can't remember which way. But I remember the the early seasons of Sex in the City being more lightweight, more far. They were they were all single mm. and or maybe mm. they were they had boyfriends for a few episodes. And but yeah. it was but then about halfway through, I think it's six seasons. So say after season three, things become real life becomes a bit more like. Perhaps a character wants to have a baby but can't have a baby, and there's all mm. that that sort of thing. And mm. I remember one of the one of the characters um, has a relative who gets Alzheimer's, so that begets. But it doesn't stop mm. there them still doing. Do, doesn't stop funny. the laughs are coming. Stop some la- doesn't stop some <laughs> funny things, but also, but I did remember feeling it 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 was yeah a bit a bit more. If you wanted to see a fun episode, watch one of the first three seasons. Um, and so, so sometimes shows morph or, or evolve. Well, there's, I mean, when you think about something like Hill Street Blues, Hill Street Blues was a an absolute, you know, drama series. But it had these comedy moments. I mean, mm. Howard Hunter's character, even in the pilot, when he he taps his pipe out on a, on a shop front and the whole the shop front collapses. That's <laughs> played for comedy. And there are so there are 
comic characters. But then again, Howard Hunter's character throughout Hill Street also has some very dark moments. So I think that's interesting because when you when you think about, I mean, I know you're a big fan of certain soaps, not all of them, I know. But when you think about some of the iconic characters in, say, Coronation yeah. Street, they've actually been quite comic. And yet, over the years, those comic characters, I mean, someone like... Uh, in the early days, Hilda Ogden was Hilda and Stan's relationship, especially with Eddie Yates, was always seen as a triumvirate of comedy antics, really. And then, but they had some really hard-hitting, dramatic storylines. Yeah. I mean, the, the the death of Stan Ogden and and uh, that was heartbreaking to watch. And it, and obviously, yeah. the actor gets to do a bit of your proper drama chops. But yet, I mean, there were caricature-ish characters in Coronation Street, like uh, is it Fred? Yeah. You know, and all that kind of thing, and and even uh, who's who's the guy who sells double glazing? You know, him with uh, the glasses. I, I, I may not. Well, even Alec Gilroy wasn't wasn't bought in as a, he had wonderful moments, but he wasn't. But, but I, a lot of the time, he was treated as a, a bit of a buffoon, a bit of a comic comic relief character. And also, um, there was a particular guest I remember when Ian McKellen was a guest on the show yes. for a few weeks. I think this must be yeah. early noughties now. Um, yeah. And he played like an author who some of the the book the book club mm. were very enamoured of, and they managed to get mm. him to come and read. But he wasn't half as famous as as um, it was all probably self published. And and but he was trying to get them to. Oh well, I'd love to write the next book, but it's difficult. Mm. I'm just trying to get the financing. Oh, we don't mind financing it. And he mm. he he, ah. he he. So really, it was he was a comedy drama character, mm. and and others, uh, but. But it didn't feel like Ian McKellen was coming into a show and right. I'm Ian McKellen. I'm taking over. Um, look at me, because mm. um, he was he was famous by the time he did the Corrie, um, and, and uh, but he was able to, you know, measure it back and fit in. Mm. So he, if, if you didn't know who he was, he would just been one of the other actors. I mean, a good, a good character, uh, well acted, but um, not not trying to steal the show. Uh, yeah. Not, not looking for a, a spin-off. I mean, well, I mean, you think Arthur Lowe had a spin-off from Coronation yeah. Street back in the 60s. You know, that was a sitcom. So again, you know, that's, that's drama to comedy. It's a very fine line, isn't it? The comedy drama mm. tightrope, if you like, that you have to walk. I mean, I was thinking of two shows, again, I know this is a side issue, but I was thinking of two shows that were, I think, in production in, at ITC in the late 60s, which is, uh, you've got Randall and Hopkirk, Deceased, being made at the same time as Department S. Mm. Now, Department S was sort of a much more serious... It, well, it saw itself as a more serious... I know it had moments, but it had saw itself as a much more serious piece of television, whereas Randall and Hopkirk was kind of light, light and frothy, but was telling hard-hitting stories. Mm. If you, you know, And so those two... I always think they're the, they're, you've got the, the drama comedy and the comedy drama both... It's almost like they were, they were hedging their bets as to which one would be the most popular... Yeah. I mean, you probably. Are, I mean, things like take Arthur Daly out of Minder, and, it, ah, and it's yeah. and it's a dra drama, but put him back in. It's a comedy drama. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, even Bergerac, Terence mm. Alexander's character Charlie Hungerford is the mm. sort of he's not like Arthur Daly. But he's relief. doing the same sort of yeah. job of mm. coming in being a a, a, a bumbling idiot or so, mm. or but then he has the sort of because he's a respected member of the community, so mm. you get all the sort of backhanders and can, can, mm. um, council deals and mm. oh yes we'll give planning consent for this and then it mm. turns out there's a, so, but, but it's that 
that you don't necessarily think of Bergerac as being a comedy drama, and it's not really, but it no. does have elements that. Uh, hmm. um, it, it... Well, I suppose again, when you look at its contemporaries, you, you sort of sit that against something like, I suppose, Lovejoy, which, mm, yeah. which again was telling you know adventure stories, but in a much more light-hearted way. I'd wasn't say, it? Yeah, I'd say that was more even again even closer to being a comedy drama than mm. Bergerac because I, I have seen a few seasons of, of Lovejoy mm. relatively recently and mm. and my overall impression is that I didn't see an episode that was totally dead mm. serious by any means I think most of them had quite a lot of comic moments or comic characters or um, so is uh, only murderers in the building is is that going to be renewed we're getting more of that yeah they, they finish each season. I mean, they've done two, but they, mm. at the end of season one, you've got the murder that started season two. Um, right. and, and they did that when... I mean, season two has only just been released a, a month or two yeah. ago, um, but they had the murder for the next season at the end of that. Mm. So, yeah, that's definitely coming back again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely making it into your, your comedy drama exhibit. Yeah. So uh, have you got of, any others um, you'd recommend? Well, I mean, I was just... Well, whilst, whilst whilst my brain ticks over, I'm sure that, mm-hmm. that there are lots of them. But I was, I was kind of thinking about um, you know comparing seasons of Doctor Who. There, there are the the, ah. the the Douglas Adams era. It's mm. it almost is co- uh, you know a form of comedy drama. There's so many yes, clever lines and and uh, you know and almost you you don't. I often think about that. I I do think that that Douglas Adams you know wrote some lovely stuff but i also think that it's the kind of stuff that if you said it in a in a crowded room somebody would throw their glass of wine at you or something you know it's the smart ass comment i think i I think sometimes there's that thing where you think oh there's some really quotable stuff in douglas adams but if you actually tried to say it to a real person you might go yeah maybe not (laughs) it's it's kind of weird i mean there is a comedy and the comic line and the sort of smug or smart-ass comment works on television in a way it doesn't work in real life. And I suspect the comedy drama is where we all go when the thing we wish we'd said or we wish we'd thought of, but uh, and those are the characters on, on screen who are actually saying that. Mm. There's a show that I do want to put in my museum. That, oh, excellent. Um, Good. It, the... the while I waffled, it's kind of forgotten. It's kind of forgotten, really. And yes. but considering it was produced by Verity Lambert, it probably should be oh. remembered more. It's a show called Class Act. It was on ITV. Oh, okay. It uh, ran for two seasons for, from '94 to '95, mm-hmm. and it had Joanna Lumley as the main character, oh, um, okay. Nadine Garner, who's an Australian actress, um, James Gaddas, uh, Richard Vernon, and John Bow, mm. um, and it was basically Joanna Lumley's character was the wife of a criminal that had gone to jail, but right. she still had. She was always um, struggling, but they still had the big house. And I, I can't remember if Richard Vernon was her father or her husband's father. Oh, okay. Because you didn't really see the husband. But I think James Gaddis was a policeman. And John Bow, I can't remember how he comes into it, but he's. He, he, he's. Yeah, I can't remember how his character was, but he was okay. it was mainly jo, um, John Bow, John Lumley and Nadine Gardner. Mm. And, and Nadine Gardner being a kind, at the time, being, I don't know, in her late teens or early 20s, so she could... And she was being a bit like a bit of an ace from Doctor Who type character, quite 
I think I have a feeling she might even have been a cat burglar when they first encountered her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that was definitely a comedy drama, and it's just really good fun. Uh, and it's I, I I don't know whether she got the job or I don't know if Joanna Lumley got the job because this mm. would have been a little while after she'd had success with Absolutely Fabulous. So she was prob- mm. they probably made it in between seasons of that. But I prefer because Absolutely Fabulous is like farce and totally sort yeah. of in your face comedy. type comedy. Whereas yeah. I, it's it's not the Joanna Lumley that that I love because mm. I'm so used to, I. I love like in the New Avengers when she does mm. funny things, or she's cheeky with Gambit, or she's the sort uh, of dry. Yeah, dry I love humor. the dry humor, and the, and class mm. act is more. That's the sort of humor she's 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 because Patsy in Absolutely Fabulous is a total caricature. She's not a real person mm. you feel you'd ever meet. Mm. I mean, maybe in the fashion world you would, but but yeah. Joanna Lumley in Class Act is a more human sort of character, and yes, um, and she's she's doing that. She's being Joanna Lumley, <laughs> you know. She's being yeah, yeah that's fair enough. She's that's being the sort of purdy, sapphire steel type Joanna Lumley that I that I, that I. Well, uh, I don't. I I'm trying to think. I don't really think there's the, the odd momentary dry exchange between sapphire and steel, but I think sapphire and steel yeah. very much is yeah, playing the drama. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And something like the New Avengers just picks up on those character yes. moments. I suppose that's the thing actors like, isn't it? It's a character moment where they can they can just you can share a look or a glance and you can see the comedy in it without mm. it with the, the absurdity of the situation you're in, if you like. Because for better or worse, the Avengers or the New Avengers situations are always slightly they're they're sort of skewed to the universe, aren't they? Mm. They're not quite what you'd expect to find in your everyday life, but they take you sort of you know, a slight angle to the universe, if you like, and that's that's quite nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and for the characters to actually be able to sort of have a bit of a nod and a wink at the audience, so they're in on it as well. Sometimes that can be that can be really annoying in a show but sometimes it just makes you feel yeah I'm, these characters are comfortable with each other and they can share a, a joke as well as a as th- well as all, all the grimness I, th- I think by 94 when class act had its first season mm. i know minder came back uh, after dennis waterman left for yes. perhaps the very early 90s but it mm. it did it does kind of feel like oh this is the sort of this this is nothing like Minder really, but it's mm. but this is the sort of gap we've got. We want a comedy drama, yes. um and uh, uh, and class act. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's how long did it last? Class just, act just the two seasons, right? Of, that, se- of what seven, seven episodes seven. each? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, I kind of forgotten that it was produced by Verity mm. Lambert actually. Because um, I picked up a show a few weeks ago called Chandler and Co. Yeah, <laughs> ironically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that mainly for the title. Mm. I is that the one? Yeah. What's the premise of that one? I forgot. It's another detective thing, but uh, Barbara Flynn's in the first series, but not in the second. Oh, but no. it's it you know it's, it's somebody sets up a detective agency, blah blah. A detective agency seem to be one of those things that comedy drama is is comes out of, you know. But wasn't, uh, there moon, wasn't there Moon and Sun? That was about a cycle yeah. around the same time. I kind of got the two confused mm. a bit, but as to what's what, what does what, but. Mm. Uh, but because uh, I was just thinking in 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 modern times things like uh, Shakespeare and Hathaway they or yeah. or, or even <laughs> God help us you know um, what's it I keep calling it Murder Island Death in Paradise thank yeah. you Death in Paradise is a sort of light heart you know it has comedy within it mm. but then still is a drama series mm. 
you know, it, 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 it's weird sometimes how I was, ju I've just pulled up a list of the top 50 comedy dramas and mm. most of them seem to be sitcoms and that doesn't feel right. Mm. You know, that, know. that just, uh, it just feels uh, slightly warped, you know, so you get shows like uh, psych, you know, which the two characters in it are quite lighthearted, but they solve serious crimes. Bones is, is down as a, comedy drama I don't you know mm -hmm. but so shameless and a shameless and me putting shameless and bones in the same kind of category to me seems a little bit well unexpected shall we say yeah yeah did you ever watch bones at all? Uh, I or monk yeah it's a show like monk you know the same thing really it's kind of like it's I, th I suppose that's the thing if you're going to set up your detective as being quirky you're going to get natural comedy and yet the actual storylines are usually quite Grim in many ways. Yeah, I bought I bought a box set of Bones. Um, like I don't know if it was the first few seasons, mm. uh, because it because the main guy is the guy from Angel and Buffy, isn't mm. he? Um, but I never really got on, on with it. Um, but, well, funnily enough, I mean Buffy and uh, Angel both also yeah. trod that line, didn't they? I mean, yes. they were again they could both go to some very grim places, mm. but there's some beautiful comedy. Yes. In, certainly in the the first season of uh, Angel. There's some lovely moments of comedy, you know, and and of course that gave David Boreanaz quite the career, you know, as playing that sort of slightly serious but slightly well, comic character. By having Cordelia come over on into that show yes. as well, it, it allowed because she she was the sort of one of the comedy. There are quite a lot of comedy characters on Buffy, but um, it's true. Well, Buffy again, it did actually, you know, it did sort of walk a thin line, didn't it? You know. It, it, did a lot of that sort of stuff. There was the, the episode where the baddies make them all lose their voices and they have to do mime mm -hmm. and stuff. There's a few really naughty, risque jokes <laughs> in that about. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. But that's that's out and out comedy yeah. in what is ostensibly a 22 episode drama series yeah. for a season. Mm -hmm. You know, it it's interesting. Do you think it's? I often wonder whether it's something to do with the actors get bored with playing this. I mean, even, cause even Star Trek did the occasional comedy episode, didn't mm. they? You know, it's like they don't want to play the po-faced, serious role all the time, and it just gives them a chance to show off another side of their acting chops. I mean, I mean, one of the things I love about the Tarver King era of the Avengers, uh, mm. so, uh, as much as I like the episodes, I'm waiting for the... Well, I mean, often this comedy comes along the like when they go to like a finishing school and Penelope mm. Keith's there and there's an there's a little girl who's very um in in charge and she's very mm. um very witty and uh, mm. but but it, yeah there are lots of funny scenes in in the later Avengers but 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 the the tag scenes I I would have I would pay just to have a a, a DVD of all the tag scenes um, particularly right. the the Tara King ones because mm. they are some of them are very ridiculous but, so. Well, they do link mostly, don't they, to the actual plot in yeah. some small way. Whether or not the actual plot's been about sneezing, you know, the yeah. one of the characters will have a cold in the tag scene or something but, like that. So they are connected. The Jack the Ripper one with the fog, uh, mm. the fog that comes in like Steed's flat in the in the tag scene, and, and, and Mother's supposed to be driving, and he's mm. supposed to be driving in the flat, and but nobody can mm. see. It's 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 really is ridiculous, but. But delightful, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, um, not to mention champagne fountains, which isn't comedy ah. or drama, but but you know, it's, just that's something very impressive. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was weird today because I, I, one of the other shows I've been watching is Hornblower, which I'm going to talk about on a later show. But uh, Hornblower, there was a moment where one of the characters was just pouring this wine into a glass, and it was flowing over the top. 
and you pulled back and I thought, oh, it's going to be a, a steed-like wine tower, but it wasn't. It was just, he was having a bit of a breakdown and pouring wine like it was going out of fashion. <laughs> but it, it made me immediately think of the Avengers. So, you know, th- these things are iconic. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking, well, uh, we mentioned Desperate Housewives. Uh, actually, I, I've got a little ah. list up, which only is not as okay. detailed as, as yours. But um, it, it does mention Sex and the City as being, as probably counting... As, oh, well, there we go. Um, so, I mean, we are worried about how we're going to label these things, these rooms, you know. So yeah. it, 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 we, we do need to sort of tie some of these things down. Unless, of course, I mean, the Avengers is going to be in just two separate rooms, isn't it? We can't help <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. A, a Desperate Housewives is mentioned as being comedy drama, which, yeah, mm-hmm. thinking about it, it um, I still think... Do you, ha- do you laugh out loud to Desperate Housewives? Yeah, uh, yeah, but not the whole way through. But, it, you know, but that's, right. that's the whole point about comedy dramas is that... Is that I mean, sometimes it's the situations they get themselves mm. in, or um, is it just sometimes the characters themselves? Is it that they are comedic characters, and so you can allow for someone within a circle of characters to be more more of a caricature, or does that not really matter? I think sometimes it's the characters, but sometimes I can imagine like uh, they think so and so has murdered someone, and and, and mm. then you try and sneak into the house to see if you can find proof and then something else happens and you end mm. up being trapped in a in a cupboard and then there's a, yeah. a mouse running through the and you you try not to scream and, and you know it kind of build, builds up and i can quite see uh, it's not an exact um mm. scene from desperate housewives but but those sorts of things happened mm. um uh, well there's quite a legacy isn't there i mean when you think of cinema in the, and the uh, the zany or wacky comedies there were the wacky comedies and there were the romantic comedies and so you and those strange enough Cary Grant films that would would actually sort of again sort of tippy toe so a lot of that sort of television grew out of those sorts of films didn't mm. it there is a connection between between that sort of performance but I was just wondering whether because again you know I know we keep going back to this but I know you're a fan of the soaps the soaps are dramas but they contain a lot of comedy yeah yeah and are you drawn to the soaps more for the the light-hearted moments or for the serious drama moments or the or the melodramatic moments or or is it just because you that there feels like there needs to be a combination of all three and that's what makes it satisfying television well i mean in the continuing story of of my search to finally see all of sons and daughters I got, to the end, I got to the end of season three and i had season four on my shelf but i didn't right. want to start it and then find there was going to be like a year gap before season five so i right. kind of decided okay once season five is announced then i'll start season four and season okay. four of sons and daughters if i was going to select a, a group of episodes it's just mm. i would suggest it's just just doesn't let up that like every more so than any any other era of sons and daughters mm. um or you know, it's, it's just mm. so many things. So watching, you know, so five or six episodes a, mm. a day, it makes it feel like it's happening. But I don't remember there being in a, a sort of an episode. They finish one plot and then another thing mm. happens, and people being killed and people being. Oh, right. um, and and um, there, there are in, in that season there is well, there's a character called Charlie Bartlett who is kind of like the rich, ditzy friend of one of the characters. Yeah. And, and there's also a character who comes in called Spider who is the sort okay. of drunken father of one of the the characters. So that mm. there's allows for some element of... But even then, that they will kind of... You know, they might allow them to do some silly things but then kind of go, well, actually, this is really affecting 
that they'll, they'll go to the yeah. that actually it's quite serious that this person is like this and mm. um, so, so, so does that mean that series is banished from from the comedy dramas or, or is, it, is it just too serious overall? Have to, the sons and daughters would have to have its own room. Uh, maybe right. or, <laughs> or maybe the Paul, the favorite Paul Austra- the Paul's a fa- ah. Paul's favorite Australian soap yeah. room with along with prisoner and and neighbors and uh, how do you feel about the British take on the I don't know the high high concept soap opera things like The Brothers or things like Howard's Way or things like uh, even Triangle you know where do they fit on on the comedy drama scale I've heard, I've seen very little of any of that I think I had like the first season of Brothers and I didn't click with it mm. I think probably because the stuff I wanted I probably wanted to see the Colin Baker. Um, ah. I don't know. I, don't, I think Brothers probably takes a while to warm up, or mm. you have to be of the right mind. Um, Triangle, I don't think I've ever seen a whole episode of Triangle. And Howard's where I own, and I think I have. Right. I did start it, and, mm. and it, but funnily enough, it wasn't me who bought it. Um, mm. I mean, I'm kind of thinking I'll probably start it once I finish Sons and Daughters. Mm. Um, but I still got, I still got two or three seasons of Dynasty to finish because I, mm. I got to about season seven and then needed a break so um but, but dynasty could be quite arch at times i mean yeah. i don't know whether arch is what takes a show over to the comedy side or not yeah. but the, but I, I just wonder really because there is if you think about 70s dramas specifically upstairs downstairs is one of those shows that however many episodes well 50 odd episodes they made it's always played straight you know it's not you know there are probably little bits of business in the kitchen, but generally speaking, it's played as a straight drama series for mm. for its entire run. Something like the brothers, it, it, it the absurdities of their own plot lines, you know, don't necessarily creep beyond the bounds of drama. Something like you know we've talked about this before, but something like Secret Army and Tenko are absolutely straight down the wire. They may have moments of levity, but they are straight mm. dramas. But something like Howard's Way, because of it, it's it, it sort of starts to tend towards preposterousness. I don't think I still think they play it straight. So none of yeah. those would qualify, would they? No, I mean you're right. Some triangle I mean, might. I mean. <laughs> Maybe say, not deliberately, but it might, you know. Yeah, I mean, you say Sons of Daughters doesn't really doesn't really fall into comedy drama at all, but no. it does evolve because I did. A, I recently did a. I'm on one or two forums, and I sort okay. of I put a little poll saying which season do we like best out of the six seasons, mm. and, and there are a lot of people who like the. Well, there's a particular character who's in it to about halfway through, and then right. she vanishes, and then she comes back played by a different actress, having had ah um, that old I, trick. Yeah, but uh, that's where I. Get excited. That's where the season I'm, I'm watching mm. now is where she comes in. Um, but that's because when I first watched it, that's where it got to. So yes. perhaps that's why I like the. I don't know if it jumped jumped the shark, but it was, mm. it did its. It was it was doing its best. In fact, there was a cliffhanger involving a shark. Mm. Um, but uh, but a lot of people. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Just 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 go back a bit. There was a cliffhanger involving a shark. Yeah, somebody, yeah like they, they were trapped on a boat, and then somebody said, "Don't worry, I'll swim to land," and then. And then a shark came after them, and that was like... Well, they did the whole fin in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but the, and then Fonzie on a surfboard comes I mean, no, no. Having watched them all quite 
relatively recently and obviously a lot quicker than they were broadcast. The early seasons do seem more, uh, well, it's f- family drama and, mm. and characters and maybe yeah. someone gets murdered, but it's 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 not quite... Do you ever quite... spot in these things where the writers take it into a slightly more absurd place? Is there any moment that you spot where you suddenly think, you know, I mean, I've been watching this serious drama for two years and then, what, what? The shark comes in. It you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, but that's a, a relatively slow evolution. Right. I, 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 I on sons and daughters from it being um, quite traditional, sort of, mm. so to being a bit more, um, mm. you, you know, in in. Yeah. It, it, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you get things like Dark Shadows, where it's a, a gothic mystery soap, <laughs> and then somebody says, "Should we have a vampire this week?" And then, right. you know, oh look, the ratings have just doubled. Let's let's right. have a ghost and a and a werewolf. And a, um, I mean, with, with Prisoners of Block H, you have like you have the bad waters, or they're not, mm. and then then you kind of go, "Well, okay, well the bad water were, but let's do a character called the freak who is like three mm. times as bad as, but she also has a good side. And, and so it right. makes it very difficult to kind of, um, there's got to be, hasn't there a problem when you build a storyline and that becomes popular and that's what draws people to it. But then you think, well, we've got to top that. It's a bit like sequels in movies, you know, we've done that once and now we've got to do something similar, but, but better and bigger. And also yeah. if you, you're, you're in a city, I mean, when I'm thinking of like sons and daughters, it, mm. it changes location. There are some locations that are the same, mm. but it's got the freedom to kind of, you know, bring a new house into it or bring. Whereas with prisoner, mm. you've got the, you've got you can bring lots of different criminals in, but you know, often you can't suddenly open up a whole new wing that we've never talked about before. And you can do, or, or you can suddenly <laughs> say that oh, we need to bring a load Ooh, of men into. There's this. a tunnel. The, the, on prisoner, they brought they brought five men. Into the into right. the women's jail because for some for some ridiculous reason, um, but obviously because it brought its storylines. Um, but you know, so are these all making this into your comedy drama room. Then? No. Are these all qualifying. It's more. Not? I guess you could. I guess you could say drama that makes you smile. I think. My goodness, they really jump the, the right. really jump the shark. It's not supposed to be funny uh, mm. or, or amusing, but it makes you roll your eyes and kind of go, "Okay, bring it on." Um, so I guess it's a form of comedy drama. <laughs> yeah. So that's a different thing. Is that there <laughs> are the shows that are actually set up to be comedy dramas, and there are yeah. dramas that are unintentionally funny. Is, um, that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That get right. to the point where you kind of go, "This is not the show it was when it started," but I'm enjoying <laughs> it probably even more than I did. Ah, well, that's that's the beauty of it. That's is that that's the guilty pleasure aspect of it, isn't it? You know. I was thinking. Um, I, I noticed in, in that list. I was looking at that. Uh, of course, moonlighting is suggested as a. Yeah. Com- that, that's definitely a comedy. I mean, I think even that went from. I think that started as a, a comedy drama, and then, perhaps, became a comedy drama that jumped the shark as well. I, or or, the, or they had to. It was already. They were notorious for breaking the fourth wall, yeah. weren't they? And I think mm. once you start saying we're messing around with the rules of television, and and we're actually going to, actually let the viewer know that we know we are a television program yeah you have crossed a line into something in some ways slightly wonderful but certainly more yeah. surreal and, and and it's a whole sort of different genre isn't it it's, it's a kind of whole new world to explore once you've you've done that i mean i i know a few shows that have, have done that but it was always under the influence of something or because of some different kind of 
you know, external power that that makes somebody's mind snap, was it? Like they did it on UFO back in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, but but actually, when they do it deliberately and pull back and pull back, and you know that suddenly they know they're on a set, that's a, that's a very that's a that's when we start to get into the whole metatextual aspects of television, isn't mm. it? I I see that on the on this list here that um, do you remember a show, a show called Pushing Daisies? That didn't last very long. Mm, yes, Pushing Daisies. Yeah, that was very stylized as well, mm. and that 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 uh, I I enjoyed that. I still don't think I've seen mm. all of the second season. Uh, Six it. Feet Under as well. That sort of yeah did did a little bit of that kind uh, of. It has Remington Steele on here as a comedy drama. Ah. I mean, I, I what I remember of Remington Steele, I guess, what was it? Um, was it more like well, a heart-to-heart he, heart he, he comedy w- drama sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, I, I think Remington Steele falls, but actually, funnily enough, it's almost like a, a moonlighting prototype. You know, it's it's that relationship between the two main characters, one of whom is actually fictional, so it has to be written to be the other one. And yeah, you know, they do have it hits the same kind of beats. Castle as well is a new version variation on the same kind of thing. You know, it 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 it, it the concepts. There's a lot of basic high concept comedy dramas, but that you know that the concept itself means that they're going to have to be played for comedy because. It, it's too absurd to happen in the real world and although then people say you know most things you can think of have happened somewhere so who knows who are we to say we did mention uh, stranger things and stranger things is on this on this list i, oh, well, I don't really remember that being particularly i mean you might have because you've got kids in it mm. there might be i wouldn't have said that quite fits so much ugly mm. betty is on that list and yes that mm. probably is a comedy drama um well, I saw, saw of Ugly Betty, but uh, so your walls are filling up, Paul. They're yeah, I'm, I'm, nicely I, I, here. I, I, I'm, what would what would go in pride of place? Do you think in your in your your exhibition? Well, definitely, definitely, um, only murders and mm-hmm. um, that class act with John Lumley. Uh, mm. I have I have watched that one two or three times since I saw it originally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as we approach the end of our hour, so thank you very much for doing that. That's uh, we have meandered round the museum. We may not have worked out quite where some of the exhibits are going yet, but, it, yes. but we've made a start, yes. and that's yes. that's a good thing. We've made a start on on having our rooms set out. So so thank you very much for your reputation. You're always a popular guest, Paul. Uh, you should know <laughs> that. Uh, people do seem to tune in just to hear us burble on. I'm never sure we ever keep to the topic that we're supposed yeah. to, but I don't know whether people find that annoying or not. But that's usually my fault. But Thank you very much for your time today. You take care. Yeah, thank you very much. Goodbye. Many thanks to Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti, for exploring and sharing his favourite comedy drama series, and also, once again, allowing me to test one of my wilder show ideas out on him. So that's the end of yet another Vision on Sound, and whilst we're hoping that we're not quite ready to be placed inside a dusty archive ourselves just yet, I'd like to thank everyone at Fab Radio International for everything that they do, and of course my thanks to you, whoever and wherever you are, for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care.
sword calling Daddy Boy. <laughs> or do, I, do you want me to be Danny Boy? <laughs> Wales! Wales, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> oh, Daddy Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. No, anyway. you, you, only, you don't sing on your show, you only sing on my show. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all the stuff that gets cut. This is the beauty of it. <laughs> 